coffee expert, a podcast where great friends be coffee experts and shine more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Raymond Larson, and I'm a student at College Park School in Worcester, Alberta. Before we get to our experts for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we focus on experiential learning using a team approach. That's me, which stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. We want to answer that age-old question of why we're happening by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside of school. For our podcast, we will be contacting an expert that they know in their life. This person could be an expert in their profession or job, or in what could traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce, uh, introduce our expert for this episode, who is the expert on provincial politics and government. The Honorable Scottmo, Queen of Saskatchewan. Welcome, Queen Mirror. Thank you. Let's start by you, please tell us about yourself. Well, I'm, uh, I live in Shelburne, which is a community where I was born and raised. Uh, lived here for the bulk of my life, uh, save for a few years that my wife and I actually uh, lived in Saskatoon when we went to university. And then uh, three years I lived just on the other side of the lake as well. I lived uh, in the community of Vermilion, so not too far from you. I uh, lived in Alberta from I think 2000 to 2003. I'm very many of you have been around uh, way back then. Uh, my wife and I were really fortunate enough to move back uh, to Shelburne in 2003, where we uh, raised our family. We have two kids. Um, my son Carter is uh, is an engineer, and so he has some appreciation for the STEAM uh, uh, program that you uh, all are enrolled in. And he actually went back to school. He worked a few years and went back to school. Uh, in, he's in law school now, so he's going to be a lawyer, uh, provided he makes it through. Um, and then our daughter is uh, 23 years old, her son's 28, daughter's 23. Um, she is, she was actually down in North Dakota for five years, taking her training in uh, speech pathologist. So she will graduate this spring as a, as a, as a speech pathologist. She'll have her master's in speech pathology. Uh, as I said, she was down in North Dakota. Attending university there for five years. She's back in Saskatoon now. So we're uh, happy to have uh, to have her back. So I still live in Shelburne with my wife. Uh, she's a pharmacist. I I I do what I do uh, in politics, and uh, you know we live up here in you know this Westminster Shelburne area, kind of this northern forest region. I honestly think, and I've been around the world. Uh, this is one of the most beautiful places in the world to live, and that is exactly why I still live here. Okay, thank you. Tell us about someone who you looked up to when you were younger. You know, when I was uh, about your age, actually, um, I had a very good relationship with my grandfather. He was, uh, um, he actually lived till he was 96 years old. Uh, he had just retired and he had some time to spend with us, his grandkids. And we used to do a, uh, a lot of fishing and, and uh, that's what we did in his retirement. And I was able to go with him. And I could help. Obviously, he's getting a little older, so I could help with getting you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was a good learning experience for me because I got to help out you know, something that I cared about. And I got to listen to him. Um, you know, I got to listen to him about you know, all the things that he has seen in his life. And, and it, was, it was interesting because 
this actually isn't that long ago, but you know, he would talk of back in the day when you know they were they were breaking the land, they had horses, they had oxen that were pulling plows. You know, now we have these great big tractors uh, that drive around, and uh, he, you know, he just talked about some of the early days, the 1930s, when things weren't too good uh, in Saskatchewan, and how they made you know how they made their way through that. Some pretty tough times. And, you know, it's pretty relevant the last couple of years. It's for a different reason. We've had a kind of a tough time the last couple of years as well. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was somebody that I was fortunate to spend uh, a lot of time with when I was your age, in grade seven. And somebody that I really looked up to and I really enjoyed, you know, listening to him about, you know, a time far before I was ever born. And some of the, you know, the challenges that generation had, uh, had, had to rise to. And I think that helps me today in, you know, understanding that we also have some challenges that we have to rise to, and each of you have. Yeah. Well, did you want to be a premier as a kid? No, no, I, I, I never wanted to be premier, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> and I, I say that honestly. Uh, I, I didn't even want to be a politician. You know, I, I wanted to play in the NHL, of course, when I was about your age, but I, I wasn't very good at hockey, so, and, and you couldn't make the NHL when you're sitting in the penalty box, and that's where I, <laughs> that's where I often come up. So I, my NHL dreams were, were dashed. After school, I, I went to university. Actually, first of all, I went to Yellowknife and, and built houses for a year. I took a year off after uh, after high school, and a friend and I, we went out to Yellowknife Northwest Territories, and we built some houses for a year. And then I went back to uh, the university, so I subsequently married uh, my wife that I, that I still have, uh, Krista, and I took agriculture, she took pharmacy, and uh, I worked in, 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 the, in the agricultural world for a, a period of time. And what got me interested in politics was actually volunteering in my community. You know, I worked on our, our, our hockey arena, I worked on our ball diamonds, I was part of our, our minor sports organization, I was part of... You know, anything my kids were involved in, I wanted to make it better. And, um, you know, I was always involved with politics as a volunteer, never intended to become a, a politician. Uh, but I, I very soon realized that, you know, the communities in, in the area where I live, that I now represent the Ross and Shelter constituency, um, we're going to do better together. And I wanted to do what I could do to not only make my community better, but make the entire region better. And next thing you know, I. In 2011, I ran in my first election, again in 16, and then I ran in a leadership race uh, and ultimately became the leader of our party and, and the premier. And in 2020, we ran in another election and um, we'll be running in one more, at least uh, in 2024 as premier. So I was never a dream I had. Uh, politics wasn't even a dream I had. Uh, but what I was uh, you know, very focused on, and still am to this day, is leaving things a little better than I found them. And that includes, and it's a high priority on, on where I live. Um, in, and I live in Shelburne, and I live in Saskatchewan, and I live in Canada. And I want to improve all of those places uh, in the time that I spend here on Earth. And some of that is, is in politics, yes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and what do you do for fun in your free time? Oh, I still go fishing. Ice fishing if I can uh, in the wintertime. Uh, snowmobiling, I, I can get out snowmobiling enough. Um, I, I, used, I, I used to really enjoy playing hockey, and even older, and as I said, I wasn't very good. Uh, but even as I, as I got older, I used to really enjoy playing hockey with a number of my friends.
times. I, I haven't had the opportunity, and that's kind of went away since I've, I've been elected, and, and more so just the, the last two years as we've been pretty busy um, being premier and, and pretty busy with with the whole COVID conversation. And so my uh, my hopes and dreams of being uh, one of those slow defensemen on on the Edmonton hockey team are probably over now. At 48 years old, I, I'm probably thinking that uh, I'm not going to make the NHL. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to be a defenseman? Yeah, well, I was a defenseman, and it was a small one, and so, and, and not a very good one. The guy who got around me too much, but, uh, yeah, you know, I love hockey. In fact, um, you know, and I love the Edmonton Oilers, so I love all hockey. But I uh, I actually got a jersey from uh, one of the Edmonton Oilers this last year, just before he was traded to, uh, he went to Carolina, but that was Ethan Bear. Yeah. Ethan Bear grew up in, uh, uh, in, a, in a First Nations community just east of Regina, Saskatchewan. And uh, I talked to him after. He had some, uh, uh, he had some guys beating up on him a little bit on, on social media and Twitter. And uh, I gave him a call. And I, I got some guys beating up on me every now and again on social media and Twitter. I just gave him a call and, and you know, told him to keep his chin up. And he most certainly already was. And he's been a great example for uh, not only Indigenous kids, but a great example for. Uh, you know, everyone about being resilient, uh, both in your personal life as well as in your professional career. And he gave me a jersey and he signed it, so I had it free. I'll maybe show it to you to remind me uh, before we leave. But he's a, a great young guy, he's playing with, the, with Carolina now, I think, and uh, just a super hockey player and a super person. Yeah. Um, do you remember anything about grade 7? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we moved into the high school here at uh, WP Sanvita in Shelbra. Um, so I it was grade seven to twelve. So we were we were in those bigger kids, and so you had to be very cool quickly um, in order to uh, go to, to 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 the high school for us. You know, it was the first year that we got a locker. Uh, we never had lockers prior to that. It was when recess went away, and you had just these breaks, and, and it really was a a, a change uh, in my schooling um, from being kind of a, you know, where you thought you were a kid to maybe uh, now you're, you're an adolescent or maybe even a, you know, a young adult is what you started to think because we had grade seven breakthroughs and grade 12 uh, in our in our school. So it was it was going to the big school and I was, I was pretty excited about it. And uh, you know, what, what uh, grades are in your school? Is it grade seven to nine, seven to 12? Uh, like grade one to... Like grade nine. Grade one to nine. Okay. Yeah, we have one to six, and then uh, and then seven to twelve was in a different school. And so when I made that, that was a big shift in my life. Uh, to be honest with you, it was a, it was a big shift. Recess went away, and uh, we had to put on our, our we had to you know we had to grow up in many ways. And I'm going to invite up Gavin to ask you a question. Hello. What are the educational requirements to become Premier? Well, I don't know if there are any educational requirements. I have to say, uh, I have my grade 12, and I have a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture. Uh, as well as I've, I've done a, a number of other courses uh, here and there on uh, really for my self-improvement. Uh, Dale Carnegie uh, was a course I had taken on on how to effectively communicate uh, those types of things. But when you look across Canada, there is, uh, you know, there are premiers, and there's 13, 10 provinces, three territories. 
Uh, there's premiers with all sorts of uh, various backgrounds. Some are highly educated. I think Premier Newfoundland Land is a position. Um, some, uh, I think Premier of New Brunswick is an engineer. Um, and then some uh, don't have, uh, you know, they might have great wealth, and that might be what they have. They went into the workforce and uh, worked, uh, you know, at various jobs throughout their life. And then for whatever their reasons were, I explained you, to you mine, uh, why I chose uh, to, to run in, as a politician uh, to, to help all my community and help all my province. And that's quite often the reason uh, many people run. Uh, but some of them don't have any post-secondary uh, education uh, at all. And at times they're, they're sometimes even they know the most effective of what they do because they really, uh, you know, have a good history of, uh, you know, working their way up through the workforce in whatever, you know, career path they, they ultimately have taken. So there's no official education requirements uh, that are required. In, in saying that, um, you know, education is, 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 is more than just sitting in a classroom. It, education is something that I, I think is actually very personal. Um, yes, it involves, uh, you know, sometimes sitting in a classroom or sitting on a, a video call such as this so that you can, you know, learn about whatever your, you know, whatever topic uh, you, you, you want to learn about. But it isn't about getting those, those letters behind your name that you have a Bachelor of Science in this or, or that. It's about self-improvement. Uh, you know, for example, I, you know, I, I used to drive for 10 weeks. I drove uh, from Shelburne to Saskatoon uh, every Wednesday night to take part in the Dale Carnegie course, which really has, uh, you know, re really classified as, as, as any additional education uh, officially. Uh, but it was some of the best training uh, and best practice that I've taken. We were about 25 uh, people that I had never met that were in that course. And I stay in touch with some of them to this day, so I made some good friends. That time, but it was a commitment to to drive down there once a week and drive home, obviously, and take a three-hour course in the evenings. But it was uh, it was about improving how I could communicate with you know people. And at the time, I remember I was I wasn't in politics then. I was I was doing some fundraising for a, a hospital that we built uh, here in, in Shelburne, and I was communicating with you know various town councils, uh, rural municipal councils, the community leaders, and. 12 or 14 different uh, communities around us because of the original project. And I, I actually took it to ensure that when I, you know, I was communicating with people, I was able to actually deliver uh, you know, the message uh, that, I, that I wanted to deliver uh, to really ensure that they were hearing uh, what I thought I was saying. And that isn't, that isn't always uh, as easy as it sounds. So, you know, education is, uh, is great. I don't regret any of the education that I've taken. Uh, my K-12, of course, my, uh, my time at university was fantastic. I have a brother that is an electrician. He spent his time at South Holly. He loves it and he's thankful for it. Um, but some of the extra education that I've taken, like I used the Dale Carnegie course as an example, there's many others um, that are really about self-improvement. Uh, you know, don't ever quit. Don't ever quit working on uh, yourself, improving yourself. Like we all make mistakes. You just try not to make them too many times, and you try to improve on on, uh, on that as you go through as you go through life. And so that that's as important as anything. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, did you do the debate with Parliament when you were younger? No, I didn't. Uh, I was down to the legislative assembly once in grade eleven. The next time I was in the uh, legislative assembly was once I was elected in, uh, in 2011. And so, uh, yeah, I was 
So uh, grade 11 for me would have been 1989, uh, quite a few years ago. Um, and then 2011 was the second time I was actually in the park in the uh, Legislative Assembly. So I, I didn't take part in improving uh, things. However, Because in, in particular, when sometimes you get a topic that you actually don't agree with, but you need to defend, and I, I think that's some of the you know the, the, the real learning that, that you can do. It teaches you to understand that you know people have different views on on, on whatever the topic is, and you can debate those views, but you still need to respect the fact that someone else might have a different view than you, and because they have a different view than you, certainly doesn't make them. Uh, you know, a bad person or anything like that. You just disagree on this, this particular topic. And that's, you know, I think that's important for us to remember uh, is, 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 is things are different today. Um, you know, how many of you uh, in class there have a social media account? You know, Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or I don't know what they all are. Probably many. And, uh, you know, we can always remember we can make comments, uh, whether it be on social media, um, you know, you should, you should pretend you're making those comments to that person like we are today or even better face-to-face. -face. And you should be respectful um, that you might disagree with their, their point of view, but you should be respectful of, of who they are as an individual. Be respectful of the fact that, that they do have a, a point of view and they come to that point of view, uh, you know, maybe through their life experience or, or and that might be different than what you have uh, ultimately experienced. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, as, as we move forward, just respect for, for one another, regardless of our, of our uh, you know, points of view on various topics, is uh, paramount for all of us to remember. Sorry, I had a call coming. Uh, my son was calling me. <laughs> oh. Yeah? Um, did you play any other sports? I played soccer. I played basketball for, uh, um, for one game. In uh, grade seven, actually, uh, played basketball for one game, broke my fingers. I fell down and broke my fingers, so that was the end of my basketball career. Um, I love the golf. Uh, I really do. And then, obviously, the, uh, the, the snowmobiling I had mentioned, uh, cross country skiing. My wife and I did some cross country skiing. Tried to do some downhill skiing when I was your age. We do some downhill skiing. Um, softball. I was a bat catcher in softball, provincial champion in 1986. And uh, and uh, but you know more more today there's probably things that I can do with my with my family. So my wife and I will do some cross country skiing. Uh, I'll I'll try to golf with my my kids if they're around. And uh, you know that's about the the extent of it uh, today. Two. Yeah, two. Fingers. That's a mean sport, basketball. How many fingers did he break? Two. Oh. Uh, a little about being a clean jacket. What do you do? Uh, well, we we do a lot of different things. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it's pretty busy. I spend so today. I'm in, I'm actually in Selbrook. I mean, uh, I have an office in Selbrook, a, a constituency office here that I that I serve uh, as a, as an MLA in this area. So I have some. Some meetings with some people that live up in this area uh, here later today. Uh, but as, as Premier, I spend a fair amount of time uh, in Regina as well. I also have an office in, in Regina, as all MLAs do. And I think Colleen Young is uh, the MLA for Whitehead. She also has an office in Regina. If you look 
in Lloydminster. She'll have a, an office out there as well. Next year. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, there's, there's a number of things that go. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, what what we do is we pass laws. Um, you know, and, and we'll have a, a legislative assembly uh, sitting that will be in the fall and then another one in the spring. Uh, quite often, there's bills. They're called bills, or but ultimately, they end up being a law. Uh, will be introduced in the fall, and then uh, and then ultimately passed in the spring, and then it'll come into uh, come into force when our lieutenant governor, who's the Queen's representative, will actually proclaim uh, these laws in force. So I, you know, I, if, if we got about three or four minutes, I'll maybe run you through just what it looks like to pass a piece of legislation or a law. You, you know, three or four minutes for that. Give him a thumbs up. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, from grade seven, grade seven. How old are we? In grade seven. Thirteen. Twelve. Well, well um, so we're not going to do this, but let's just pretend. Who in this? Uh, we'll pretend that you're our caucus now. So you're all uh, elected, and the government is having a meeting. And uh, so we've gotten some requests that we should lower the driver's license age from 16, to where it is right now, down to 12. <laughs> so who would be in favor of?
and ultimately vote for the piece of legislation that, that Rainer introduced and all of you as, as government MLAs are supporting. And so we'll all stand up on our feet. We'll vote for that piece of legislation. Um, it will pass as it normally does uh, when the government introduces it because they have more MLAs than, than, the, uh, than the opposition side. Uh, and then that, that law isn't quite law yet. But it will be sitting there, and we will call the Lieutenant Governor. So right now, the Lieutenant Governor of Saskatchewan is a guy by the name of Russ Marassi. He lives just north of LaRange. He's the Queen's representative. And if you, our whole political system is based on the UK system or, or from England. And uh, he will come in and proclaim that piece of legislation into law. And then it's law, and then you can all go get your driver's license and, uh, and carry on. So we're not actually doing that. Nor are we considering it, but that's an example of how we we can change the law, ultimately uh, a provincial law like that as a government. That's the process we would go through. So it's a lengthy process, uh, but it's but it's lengthy for a reason, and so that other people in the province can have a, an opportunity to weigh in with their opinions on. Now he's good. Oh, yeah. what does a typical day look like for you? Well, I go to work about 7.30 in the morning. Uh, I come to Regina, um, I'm from uh, Shelbrook here, and uh, the last two years, a lot of this uh, video calls. Um, we've been doing video calls all over the world um, over the course of the last two years. I've been doing video calls with uh, you know many of our health representatives as we manage our, our way through. Uh, COVID-19 the last uh, the last two years, uh, but we also have uh, our conference meetings, cabinet meetings uh, that we that we have. I, I, I chair those. Uh, my current position is as premier, and then a whole number of meetings with uh, you know all sorts of people from across the province, various organizations. For example, uh, our minister of education will be meeting with uh, all of the organizations that are involved with with education, um, and meeting with individuals uh, as well as to how. Uh, you know, sometimes they're looking at you know rewriting uh, additional curriculum, like the curriculum actually for your STEAM uh, program uh, would have at one point in time uh, quite likely been approved by uh, the you know would have been written by the Ministry of Education with input uh, from from people across the province, but then ultimately approved to be part of the provincial curriculum uh, by the Minister of, of Education at some point in time. So that work is always uh, going on. Um, uh, in Regina, um, and then we're uh, in, in in my constituency office where I am here today. Uh, really, what we're doing is uh, we're when individuals, and the same would be true in Lloydminster. Individuals have you know certain challenges, whether that be with the highway, whether that be with a healthcare challenge, whether that be um, with uh, you know whatever that might be. If it's in the provincial purview, we work our way through the various uh, provincial. Um, entities in government, um, or if it's in the federal purview, we try to represent the federal government. So, and I'm going to bring up Callie to ask you a question. Hello, Callie. Hi. Oh, wait. Hi. Um, my question is what are the major steps and challenges to get to your position? Uh, well, like, I'll go through the steps. Um, the, uh, you know, the normally, I'll go through what normally the steps are. Quite often, uh, I've been elected person already, but not always. Uh, I've run for uh, the position of premier, but that isn't a requirement. Uh, but for me, I was elected as an MLA in 2011. 
I was then appointed to cabinet. I was Minister of Environment in 2014. So I was still in MLA when I served as the Minister of Environment. I was moved around to Ministry of Education, uh, Advanced Education, so our universities in South Holly. And then uh, our former premier stepped down. And uh, so then there's a leadership race. And uh, I ran in that leadership race and ultimately uh, was successful. And so, you know, politics is. Uh, it's about votes, uh, you know, to 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 win the various positions that are uh, you know available, whether that be uh, locally as an MLA, uh, or whether that be uh, to be the leader of a party, and, and ultimately then run the general election and, and become uh, the premier. So those are the steps um, that are are there. The you know the challenges are are all of that. And I would just say the the largest it is, it is a challenge. You're ultimately trying to, sorry, I got a call coming in there. Uh, the ultimate challenge is you're trying to do your best to, to represent the people that you serve. So for me, that's the people in the Boston Shoulder constituency, but it's also the people in Saskatchewan. And to represent, uh, you know, the views that, that people have in order to do that, you need to listen. And you need to listen to a lot of people, not all of them. You might agree, you might not, you might not agree with all of them. But you need to, to listen to them and to understand that you are your job is to make every attempt to represent these people. You can't make everyone happy with every every decision. What you try to make is the, the best decision uh, in the interest of, of all of the people that you represent. And in order to arrive at what that best decision is, it takes a lot of listening. And and you know that that is a challenge sometimes is to uh, ensure that you're listening to, you know, as many people that will be impacted from whatever decision that you ultimately are going to make uh, as, as possible. And, and sometimes they're they're not willing to speak until after the decision is made, and then, and then they might not like it, they're upset, and they speak to you then. It's a lot easier if you can get to the most important. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, two ears, one mouth is what we all have. And we all have to remember that time to time. Human politicians. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eva. Have there been times where you felt discouraged as a senior? Oh, for sure there has been. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll explain three uh, three times that I've been very discouraged this spring here. Uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll do two. Uh, first was, uh, and I just talked to a, a fellow that was on, I played with the humble Broncos, but was on, uh, on that bus. His name is Caleb Dahlberg. Uh, Caleb Dahlgren is working on a significant fundraiser for Stars Air Ambulance right now, uh, where they're auctioning off a, a Pegasus Mustang car at 3 o'clock today at a pair of Jackson Phoenix. They've raised $2 million already for uh, for Stars Air Ambulance, and whatever that very fancy car sells for down there will also go to that. Caleb Dahlgren has been a, a very involved uh, in that project. He's an ambassador for that project. He just moved it over to the uh, and the reason he is so passionate about raising money for Stars Air Ambulance is uh, he was on uh, that bus uh, a number of years ago uh, as a humble Bronco, and he lost uh, a, a number of his friends uh, that day, and he himself was quite injured uh, as well. And uh, so the days after that tragedy was difficult. It was difficult, uh, although I wasn't directly involved. It was difficult as a leader to, for, for me as a, as a leader, to meet with families um, and families that had lost loved ones, 
And it's likely one of the most challenging times in my life and trying to navigate uh, you know, many of our problems through that. The last few years, I have to be honest with you as well, I've been challenging. Uh, you know, look, look at us all wearing masks in our in our school. We wear masks, uh, you know, when we're in, indoors and there's, there's other folks there. Uh, this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic has been a, a very challenging time for, for me in my professional career as well. Uh, we've had to make some decisions that have a lot of impact on each of you and your families. And those aren't easy decisions to, to make. And we're still making them. Um, so this, uh, the, the last the last couple of years, I, I think, would uh, almost certainly fit into the category of being some of the, the most challenging, uh, you know, some of the most challenging decisions that I've been involved with. I'm thankful that I have some very strong people around me to help me um, find the government's way through uh, those decisions. I'm thankful for, uh, and I've never been more thankful for where I live, and you know, I mean, in Saskatchewan and Canada, the, the people here are amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. When you what we have done, look what you have done over the course of the past two years to you know keep ourselves as, as safe as we can through this this virus that that is spreading in in our community still today. Uh, it's remarkable. It's remarkable what what each of you have done, your families have done, and what what Saskatchewan. And, and Canadian people have done. And I've never been prouder uh, about uh, the effort that everyone has made, um, look at the effort that's been made in our schools, uh, you know, in our hospitals. Uh, look at the effort, uh, you know, sporting organizations are making. The, the NHL is, you know, trying to navigate through having a season uh, with, uh, with the COVID-19 uh, kind, of, kind of looming over each and every day. So the last two years have been uh, in particular challenging, particularly challenging. But uh, but rewarding as well. Uh, you know, I've met some tremendous people. Uh, I get to represent what I think are, are the most awesome people in the world, and that's uh, the people of Saskatchewan. And I, I think they've just done a remarkable job rising to you know the challenge uh, that we've been faced with. I spoke earlier with my grandfather. Some of the challenges they had, you know, in the in the very thirties when it forgot the rain for seven or eight years. You know how they were, had to survive uh, through what was a very challenging time for them. Uh, obviously, through, through World War II, uh, many of them went off to war. A very challenging time for families. Uh, this this is our challenge for our generation. Is COVID nineteen? Uh, we haven't seen anything like it I think, since nineteen seventeen when the Spanish flu was here, and uh, the people have risen to it. It's been a tough time, but it's been a, a rewarding time, and it's, it's one where I think we should all be thankful for you know the person sitting beside you and the, person, the people in your family. Uh, We've done a great job, and you've done a great job, each. What what made you keep on going as a premier? You have no choice. You have to keep on going. Uh, you not just as a premier, but as a as a person. Um, we're not going to let uh, you know. In this case, uh, this COVID nineteen virus beat us down. Uh, we're going to find our way through this. We're resilient uh, as individuals. You all are resilient as individuals. And uh, like failure is not an option. Uh, it just isn't an option. And when I see, I, 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 listen, I'll, I'll be very, you know, clear. I don't like the things that we've had to do. I look in the, the classroom here, and all wearing masks, and you know that's something I never had to do when I was in, in grade seven. But you're doing, it, and it just makes me proud to know, and I'm sure you don't love it. 
but it makes me proud to to know that that each of you is doing what you have to do to keep yourself safe, to keep uh, those around you safe, uh, to keep your grandparents safe, for example. Uh, you're, you're doing a remarkable job, and you're going above and beyond what people should ever be asked to do, um, but you're doing it. And, uh, you know, for that, I'm, I'm forever grateful, and I'm proud to represent each and every one of you. Great stuff. And, in your opinion, what makes someone an expert in no, no, I listened to your introduction and uh, most certainly, um, I, I, when someone makes someone an expert, I, I, I need this and I go back to, you know, self-improvement. People are trained in various areas, so, you know, there would be, a, you know, people that are trained to be physicians, they're an expert at, you know, helping people heal. Uh, people are trained to be teachers, my mom, my sister, my sister-in-law, my, most of my family is, is actually or teachers, and then they're trained to, uh, you know, to educate you uh, on, on certain items in grade seven and, and throughout the school system. They're most certainly, I think, experts on, on many fronts, not just in education, but on, uh, you know, managing all the other, all of the other challenges that, that come in a classroom. You guys all know in grade seven, there's there's much more to going to school than uh, you know than just learning. There's uh, you know your interactions with all your friends, or some of the extracurricular opportunities uh, that you have, and there is uh, all of the learning ultimately that you each do. It's each of us do it in a little bit different way. And so there's people that are trained, uh, and, and you can refer to each of those as experts. Uh, your, your teacher here today could be an this would be an expert uh, in his field. Um, but what I try to focus on is not so much being an expert in in one area, um, but trying to be an expert in in life and in my own life. And I, if there's anything I can encourage you, each of you to do is to um, it, it, look at yourself uh, before you start looking out and around you. One, if we all make mistakes, and you need to accept that. I make many mistakes, so maybe more than, than anyone else. But I have faith in myself. I have faith that I'm constantly improving and I'm making less mistakes today than I did yesterday. Uh, when I make a mistake, I identify with that and I, I, I try not to make it again. Uh, I talked earlier about some of the training that I've taken uh, at times to try to improve the person that I am. And if you are always improving uh, you know, who you are as a person, sometimes that's, that's as simple as uh, <laughs> not fighting with a friend or not arguing with a friend or not putting a friend down. It's, it's, it's the little things that really um, allow us to have faith in, in ourselves as, as individuals, uh, to trust that uh, we're an expert. For me, I'm an expert in thought. Uh, for each of you, I hope you're an expert in, in whoever you are. Um, and that allows you actually then to, to choose to, to do whatever you, you want to do um, in your training. And then you can become an expert in, in whatever field. And, you know, you, you said at the opening, uh, Rainer, that you know, I'm an expert in politics. I'm not an expert in politics by any stretch of the word. I make mistakes every day in, in what I do, and as I said, I try not to make them uh, ultimately tomorrow. I look, I look to other people that I think might uh, be, you know, an expert in politics historically. Mr. Churchill, for example, was, you know, the right person in the uh, in, at the right time uh, for for the UK. Uh, he led the UK through through the Second World War. Uh, he didn't get elected back in uh, shortly after that. He was the right person at the right time. 
and then you got to find another one here, which uh, often happens uh, with politicians. So you know, I look up, I look up to, you know, historically to, to people like that that were in a place um, at a certain period of time, and, and they were the right person in that place at that at that certain uh, period of time. So it, your your training will make you ultimately, I suppose, an expert in whatever uh, you choose to do. And I, I would say to you. You can do whatever you want in life, you just put your mind to it and, and make, give it all your effort, and you will achieve it. You want to be Prime Minister of Canada, you can be that. You just need to put your mind to it. You want to be an engineer, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a teacher, you can do all of those things. Uh, if you just uh, put your mind to it, commit uh, to yourself that you're going to do it. And if you have faith, uh, have faith in yourself that you will be able to achieve that. And I just say that's the most important thing, is to have faith in yourself. Um, Choose whatever you want to do and have faith in the fact that you're going to get there. And I, uh, you know, I trust that you will. I'm going to invite up Brett to ask you a question. Hello, Brett. Hi. What would you say was the biggest decision you've had to make for Saskatchewan? Biggest decision that we've had to make for Saskatchewan? Uh, probably the one uh, decision that uh, I... Agonize over. I didn't have a lot of time to agonize over it. I'm going to share, we've got another three minutes, so I'll share another quick story. Um, two years ago, just trying to remember, I think it was March, um, I was, uh, and this is, where, this is where COVID started. I was spoke at a convention in Regina. Uh, there was 2,000 people at that convention. This was the day before uh, we had any cases in Canada. Uh, that, that afternoon, I flew to Vancouver for a number of meetings that we had out there. I flew back to Regina that night. Uh, the next morning, I got on a plane, I flew to, on, to Toronto and then to Ottawa because we had all the premiers were coming to meet with the Prime Minister in, in Ottawa. I got off the plane. And that's when, uh, if you remember back, uh, Sophie Drill had gotten COVID. She was in the UK. Um, and our meetings were obviously canceled. Uh, so I got on a plane, I flew back to Toronto and back to Saskatoon, and I ultimately came home. Um, all the way home that day was when we had our first case of COVID in, in Saskatchewan. Um, we had a few cases show up across Canada, and um, within three days, that was a Thursday, by Monday, we had shut schools down. We had essentially sealed up our long-term care homes, and we were looking at, uh, we shut down hockey, we shut down all extracurricular activities. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to be dealing with with COVID-19, but we knew it was going to be significant. Um, over the course of that weekend, uh, we made a number of decisions in, in closing down uh, a number of areas in our in our community that weren't easy ones to make. Those were very, very, very challenging decisions. Uh, we're going through some equally challenging decisions right now uh, as we all ultimately we find our way through this what this 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 wave we're currently in. Uh, we want to we want to get things back to normal as, as quickly as possible, and, and these are equally challenging decisions now because we want to ensure that everybody is as safe as they can be. But we want to be in, in, in as normal of an environment as we can all be as well. But, you know, I, I think back to that weekend, um, where personally I think about it, I, I was all over Canada, and with 2,000 people in Regina, which is exactly what you're not supposed to do, uh, now we know about COVID-19. Uh, but I was all over Canada in the, in the, in, over the course of like two or three days in the lead up to this, and so I thought, well, how did I not catch this? I was on planes all, all the time. And then, uh, then the second piece was, you know, the, the decisions that we were making that uh, I know had impacts on so many. 
Two, two, two in particular were challenging. One was uh, some of the restrictions we, we did around uh, that had an impact on people like me pass away now, but my grandfather when he was older. Um, he, 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 it's tough to make a decision when you know that somebody isn't going to be able to see their family and their elderly. That's, that's a tough decision. And the second one was around what you guys do each and every day. You know, the, the schools get together with your friends, uh, playing hockey, going to band, going to soccer, whatever, whatever it is you do uh, with your time. Um, you guys need to be not impacted uh, or impacted to the very least uh, throughout this pandemic. And you have so much uh, ahead of you. And then you know, those are the two, two toughest decisions, the ones that had an impact on elderly and the ones that had an impact on, on you guys as students. Those, those weigh on me to this, to this day. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and I had a bunch of nephews that would uh, phone me and ask me uh, when we're going to be able to play hockey again. Every day, they would phone me. And what do you think family has to do with success? And what do you think family has to do with success? Everything. Failure has everything to do with success. Everybody fails. And, and, and you should never hang your head about it. You should, you should yeah, settle down and uh, you know have faith in yourself that you'll be able to get through this or change the course or, or uh, you know change some things so that you don't fail again. But everybody fails, uh, and everybody that is successful will certainly have failed, failed many, many times, even though at, at, at what ultimately uh, they are doing. Um, you know, we talked about education earlier. I I failed some a number of my great both classes. I actually had to uh, take my correspondence a couple of classes uh, later to, to graduate, and it was simply because I wasn't applying to something. So I had two or three classes that I had to take after graduation, so I had enough credits to graduate. Uh, you know, how did that help me? It didn't hold me back. Uh, I went on to university after that. I, for certain, I uh, didn't get in the way of, of my training, and I took a, uh, you know, I ended up with a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture. Uh, even though I, I had a couple classes in grade 12 that I had to, I had to repeat, and simply I wasn't focused on, on my schooling. It was, it was a failure, um, and it's a failure that I didn't repeat. I didn't repeat it through my university years. So we're probably going to go into break, guys. Don't worry, you'll uh, still get a break. Back, what it taught me is, uh, yeah, it's open mic right after. When I was in grade 12, I wasn't, I, I wasn't applying to the degree that I should. And what that taught me is you're there anyway, you might as well. Why all the effort that you have. I mean, you're in school anyways, you might as well do your very best. Um, in your relationship with a friend, uh, you shouldn't give it a half effort. You should give uh, you know, that that friend, that, that relationship that you have with that friend, your your fullest effort. Um, in your relationship with people in your community, with your family, you you should give that all of your effort. Everything that you do in life, whether it's hockey, whether it's school, whether it's sports, whether whether it's ultimately uh, your, your studies when you get out of, of uh, when, when you graduate, or whether you're going into the workforce, whatever you're doing for those minutes in that day, you're there anyway, you're spending your time there, you should give it all of the effort that you have. That's what that taught me. I, I learned it in grade 12. Uh, hopefully you each, uh, you know, learn in your own way at some point in time. Always apply yourself. Apply all the talents and all the effort that you have. Okay. And what are the right questions you've done before in the 
Hi, I'm Carter. Um, I have a question. Um, what are the challenges and opportunities of govern governing a province that has a border city like Lloydminster? <laughs> yeah, Lloydminster is uh, an interesting place. Uh, in fact, I'm not aware of uh, of another community that sits on a border city like Lloydminster, um, and it is in many ways very unique to the point that uh, Lloydminster, the city, is the only one I'm aware of. Saskatchewan and Alberta that has their own charter or has their own uh, set of guidelines uh, where um, and, and it's agreed to by the provinces where we work together um, as Saskatchewan and Alberta at the provincial level um, in the case that is specific to Lloydminster. So, for example, uh, health care in Lloydminster is delivered by the province of Saskatchewan, but it's, it's, it's worked on jointly with the province of Alberta. Your school, I hear it's fairly new school there, four or five years old, right? Five or six. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually a joint, uh, joint effort by, by the two provinces where we, we funded the, the school together um, because it sits uh, right on the border. So the, uh, the uh, you know, Whitefish is a very unique place. You all of you, you live in a very, very unique place. It's a great place, um, you know, along kind of this forest fringe in uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta. But... Uh, but a very unique place nonetheless. Uh, so unique that Lloydminster, the city, has its own charter uh, that governs how the two provinces actually engage with, with the city on behalf of the residents. The school year is a prime example of uh, you know, what can be achieved by working together. Thank you. Thank you, Carter. That's my son's name, Carter. Um, I'm just checking on time. Are you still, you, you're still good on time? Okay. Good on Perfect. Time. Go ahead, Adam. Hi, my name is Addison, and I have a question. What are you hoping to be remembered for? Oh, I have no idea. I, you know, I, I don't think of that. I, I, I suppose if I was uh, publicly, uh, as premier, if I was to be remembered uh, for anything, I would hope that, it, that I that tried to make things better. Whatever, whatever the decision was of the day, and I didn't make them all right, and I, and I won't make them. I'm human, just like you. Um, but but I always do try to make things better, and I try do try to listen uh, to people. And I I suppose if I remember for anything, it would be uh, just that. It's I love this place. I love where I live. I love I love my boss, and I I think we have so much potential. Um, and so I hope that's I hope that's what I'd be remembered for is, is just trying to make things a little better, leave things a little better than I thought. In fact, in our capital, if you, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to come to China, any of you, uh, reach out to my office and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get you into the cabinet room or come as a group if you can. And uh, above the door, uh, when you walk out of the cabinet room, there's actually a sign, Freedom of Brad Wall, and put it up there. And it's etched in the wood. And, it, and that's what it says is leave things better than you possible. And that is a, you know, a sign that I see every day. Thank you. Thank you, Addison. Hi, my name is Julia. Um, and I was wondering what your plans are for after being a premier. <laughs> I don't know. My wife might have been done for me. Uh, yeah, I'm drawing quite a bit uh, now. Uh, probably four or five days a week at least. Uh, I'm I'm not at home here in Shelburne. I'm, I'm down in Regina. And uh, so she's here. She, she stays in Shelburne and works. So I, I think the first number of months, uh, whenever that is, 
I'd probably uh, spend some time with my wife, uh, maybe go away for a week or two. Uh, I was in business before I was in politics. I had uh, two businesses in Chris Sowers. I sold those when I, when I came into politics. I probably I get back into you know, some type of business. Um, when I'm finished, but I, I haven't given that any thought uh, right now. I've had a number of different careers in my life. I never really worried too much about what's ahead. Uh, again, I just try to remember to have faith in myself that whatever is going to happen, uh, we'll try to make it better than what has happened, and uh, yeah, no, no sweat, small stuff. I would okay. say, uh, I love what I'm doing today. I, I love my job today. I, I, I love this province. I love the people I have the opportunity to represent, and I am uh, Probably the luckiest person in Saskatchewan. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Leah. Hello, my name is Breton, and I was wondering, how do you deal with federal level, level decisions that you don't necessarily agree with, like the current trucker convoy? <laughs> yeah, uh, so there's, there's, there's what they call the federal government responsible for a number of things. Provincial governments are responsible for a number of other things. And um, remember I said earlier that you have to give all of your effort in all of what you do, and that includes your relationships, even when you don't get along uh, with someone from time to time. And we've had times where we, we disagree with the federal government on, on a, a host of issues. And what you really need to remember is, uh, is, is, is who you represent. Uh, you know, and, and for me, that's I represent the people of Saskatchewan. So sometimes that means that you have to negotiate and, and try to find a way. Maybe move the federal government a little bit. You have to move and you find a some common ground where you can actually move forward. Um, sometimes you gotta draw a line in the sand and you have to be a little bit firm. And we've had you know various issues where we we've taken the federal government right to the Supreme Court in Canada. Uh, so there's. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a number of ways that you do it, but you always have to remember it's, it's not about you and, and your own emotions if you're upset or angry. It's about what's best for the people that ultimately, in my case, uh, that I represent across across Saskatchewan. Uh, the trucker convoy uh, that is uh, going, there'll be enough, there's, I think there's one going to Regina as well, a large one uh, going out to, uh, to Ottawa. Uh, you know, this, this is. This is a, a real sign of two very, very challenging years. Um, more challenging for some uh, as individuals uh, than others. And you will hear uh, a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, that truckers convoy. There will be people that say things that not everyone in that, that group uh, agrees with. There will be some that are a little bit radical, uh, maybe in, in some of the statements that are there. You'll hear all about that. But we should never forget that there is a large number of people uh, in that truckers convoy, some of them I know, that uh, have had a very challenging couple of years, some have lost their jobs uh, due to decisions that governments, federal and, and provincial, at times uh, have made. And, and, and we, should never, we should never judge everyone um, in, a, in a group on what some of those folks are saying. We should always understand that there's there's people that are there that have had a very, very challenging couple of years, and we need to work with them, and it's on us as a government uh, to continue to work with them as we look ahead to, uh, you know, just continue to make the best decisions that we ultimately can. They're not always easy ones, but uh, 
Remember, there's, there's some individuals that have had a tough run. And I know some of them personally. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Tyler. And, um, um, what was, the, in your opinion, what was the best change you made to Saskatchewan? The best change uh, we made to Saskatchewan. Oh, my, my, that read there? I, uh, you know, probably one of the things that I'm most proud of being involved in is, uh, is, uh, is we believe in, in very strongly in, in the growth of our box. You know, growth of our opportunity. Premier Scott Moe. My name is Liam, and uh, how successful do you think Saskatchewan is with stopping COVID? By, uh, by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, 
Jackson, and um, given the opportunity, would you ever choose to run for prime minister? Probably, nah, probably not. <laughs> no? Thank you. Jackson, have you ever uh, been invited to run for the Prime Minister? Uh, give me a call. And we'll go to the Thank you. <laughs> All right, Rainer, that's the last of our questions from the audience here. Um, if you want to just do that last wrap up part, and then I'll stop recording, and then we can just finish up. This is, this is my, and I'm not just saying this because this is my favorite part of 
you know, politicians actually speaking to uh, kids about your age, um, and uh, but kids in our in our K twelve school system. Uh, you guys are the future of your community, your future, your promise. Uh, have faith in yourself. Have faith in the people that are sitting to your left and to your right. Uh, you can do anything you want in this world. You just believe in yourself and put your mind to it. And I say that uh, very, very seriously. I know it's bringing Remember up. anything from our chat here today. Uh, you can do anything you want. Put your mind to it. Have faith in yourself, and you most certainly will get there. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Mark. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. You learned a lot about provincial government. Thank you to my classmates for the questions. Wrapping up, okay? Just bye, please. Have a great day. See you in the next We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.